hello, and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, fucked up fam? It's your girl. You already know the drill. Uh, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of that show, Fuck Me Up. I don't know why I'm reintroducing it if we already have an introduction clip. Whatever. It's my podcast. I guess I could do whatever I want. Uh, let's go right to our update. Uh, so I'm recording this on Sunday, October 2nd, a day before Mean Girls Day, a day before my birthday, and a day before the reading of my play, my play, my play, Tamales de Piña. I am so excited and nervous. I am feeling a lot of fucking emotions. We had the rehearsal this past Thursday and I was crying during the sad parts and laughing. And the cast is so amazing. I am super grateful to each and every one of them. I'm so excited. Um, I was telling the cast, like, it's nerve wracking, you know, like putting yourself out there and putting your work out there and letting other people know what's inside your brain. Like, ew, I think I've already talked about this, whatever. You know, I'm going to mention it again. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like good things are coming and I feel like better things come from this st stage reading. I want to have a live production, like a full stage production of this play. I have another full length play that it's my baby. It's the first full length that I ever wrote and it's called Ashes Down the Drain. I've been working on that play for years now and I thought, I, I think it's strong. I think it's strong. I'm not sure if it's stronger than Tamales de Piña. Um, but if any of those plays get a stage uh, production, like a full stage production with like costumes and, and you know, a multiple day, uh, you know, play production, I would die happy. I would be so, so happy. My heart would be so full. But, you know, baby steps, we're making big moves, uh, a big baller making big moves. I, just, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I fucking said that. But I'm really excited. I'm going to turn 27 tomorrow. Uh, whenever I think of turning 27, I think of that Broad City clip where um, Alana is with, uh, what's her, her boyfriend? I don't remember what her boyfriend's name is. Oh, sorry, that's my phone. Um, and then uh, he proposes and she's like, I'm 27. What do you think I am? A child bride? <laughs> so if anyone's wondering when the fuck I'm gonna get married, not soon. Not soon, baby. Not soon, baby girl or baby boy or baby they. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else? So this, you know, I started October with a bang. I'm starting uh, spooky season with a bang. I mean, like, not literally. I was gonna, I was gonna say not literally because I haven't had sex. <laughs> I'm oversharing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was a metaphorical bang, okay? Um, Friday, September 30th, I went out uh, to downtown, had dinner with uh, some friends, went out clubbing, great time, made it back home. Like, I was home, like, around one, you know? I, I, 
I'm tired. I'm tired. I need to go be back home early, but had a lot of fun. And then yesterday I stayed home, worked on the podcast, took my notes, made some bomb ass fucking breakfast, went to go wash my car. I don't know if you care, but I went to go wash my car. Shout out to Soapy Joe's, <laughs> Soapy Joe's on Alcohol and Boulevard. <laughs> Y'all doing God's work. Um, and then, of course, I think it's my second week in a row just going to mic drop just because just because I want to by myself going to catch a comedy set. So good. The comics from yesterday. Mwah, chef's kiss. They were amazing. Amazing. I had such a good time. I ordered some wine because you already know how wine makes me feel. I've been on a wine uh, binge, not binge. I don't know if binge is the correct uh, word. I've been on a hard kombucha moment and I've been on a red wine moment. They both make me really happy. One more than the other, but I'll let you guess which which makes me happier. Uh, and then today, um, October 2nd, I'm recording this, and I'm going to go to Oktoberfest in downtown La Mesa. I'm so excited. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, but I think that's it from my updates. Let's go to the recommendation corner. So for my recommendations, for my media... Um, I haven't watched anything new. I finally finished uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Holy fuck. 10 out of 10 show, TBH. Great, great sitcom. I, I don't think that's how, Sitcom? Sitcom? Or sitcom? That. <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> you know my paisa struggled with pronunciation or struggles. Continues every day is a struggle for the way I pronounce, pronounce, pronounce things. Um, but yeah, 10 out of 10, great fucking show. My faves are Guillermo, of course. I love Nadja and I love baby Colin Robinson. So now not adult Colin Robinson, but baby Colin Robinson. Holy fucking shit. And of course, you know what? I just love everyone. I love everyone. Laszlo, ah, great fucking show. Again, just a reminder, if you like The Office, what we do in the shadows is basically the office, but with vampires and they're crazy and imagine the office, but they all live under the same house and they're all bloodthirsty. And just imagine, just imagine, um, Jim and Pam, Jim and Pam are basically Nadja and Laszlo, um, except I think, uh, Nadja and Laszlo are in a much healthier relationship than Jim and Pam. There, I said it. I said it. I said it. It's fine. Look, you have your stance and I have mine. And yeah, I have my thoughts uh, about the Jim and Pam relationship. I don't know. I don't know. It was a big, big chaotic. I won't give my thoughts on the relationship. I read a thread on Twitter once and it completely changed my perspective on their relationship. And I was like, wow my dude was hella manipulating her ass <laughs> my dude knew he was engaged and he swooped in <laughs> i can't deal i can't deal uh what else so i this morning actually i started watching the new movie on netflix do revenge uh it started out really good and i'm excited to see where it goes but it's a two-hour movie and i had shit to do i had to start getting ready for oktoberfest and look hot as fuck because what if I meet my meet my husband at an Oktoberfest? 
if you're rich, uh, single, and ready to mingle, hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Did you see how the tone of my voice changed to my flirty self? Like, hold on, let me do it again. Hi. What can I do for you tonight, baby? Just kidding. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Uh, where was I? So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to finishing Do Revenge. And, of course, it's Sunday, so you know what the fuck that means, fucked up fam. What that means, if you do not know already, it's uh, House of Dragons Sunday. And shit, shit is about to go down. And I am so excited. I am really, really looking forward to the episode. I feel like it's going to destroy me. But I feel like it's also going to be very sexy. I feel like that's the mood. That's the vibe with uh, <laughs> House of Dragon. I'm going to get really turned on, but it's also going to destroy me. The last episode, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was when two of the characters died by fire. Spoiler alert, not really, because I'm not telling you who it is. Um, That one destroyed me. When you know who was yelling... Uh, Dracaris, Dracaris, Dracaris. I can't speak uh, High Valyrian. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if my High Valyrian pronunciation is not right. Uh, but when you know who was yelling Dracaris, and then the dragon was like hesitant. Oh my god, the paint, the acting, the fucking acting. I love it. I love shows that make me feel that way, that make me feel all the emotions. Speaking of shows that make me feel all the emotions, Handmaid's Tale. Holy shit. Holy shit. Uh, what was I going to say? I think um, Elizabeth, I think her name, yeah, Elizabeth Moss. I don't know why I doubted myself. Elizabeth Moss? Wow. Wow. Her acting. Holy fucking shit. She is amazing. And I think she does it. I mean, I know a lot of people recognize her for her acting, but I don't think she gets the recognition that she deserves because she's not considered conventionally attractive because she's not like uh, skinny and like, and like, you know, she doesn't have like the conventional Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. But she is holy fucking shit amazing and i called Alyssa, aka yaya aka don chamango well i didn't call her i sent her an audio because she's always talking about how she stands uh you know june's relationship with nick so if you don't know anything about the handmaid's tale you can skip like a minute ahead but uh but okay so Alyssa stands the relationship between june and nick but i was like dude honestly Honestly, Nick seems like a little sneaky, sneaky snake. And you know who has been holding it down? Luke has been holding it down. Luke does not judge her. Or he, dude, he didn't even judge her when he killed fucking uh, Commander Fred Waterford. Like, she literally came back covered in blood. And he's like, you know, you gotta, you, you had to do what you had to do. And honestly, if the person I end up with isn't like that, I don't want them. I don't want to be in a relationship. If my partner does isn't like, if I tell my partner that I killed someone and they're like, and they turn me into the police, I don't want it. No, like you got to have my back. 
<laughs> and remember, fucked up fam, if you have to murder someone, do it in no man's land. Thank you very much for coming to my TED talk. No, we do not. No, please, please do not kill anyone unless it's self-defense. If it's self-defense, if it's self-defense, you know, I always joke about like the the freeze uh, fight or flight mode. I really hope. And I know, well, I hope that I'm never in a position where it has to get activated, or I hope that none of you are ever, ever in a position where it has to be activated. But if you are, I hope all of you fight. I hope all of you fight and protect yourself. And, you know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I want you all to be safe. And if you're ever in a situation where you got to fight or flight, well, I mean, if you can and you, if you can run away, then run away. But if if you have to fight, you better go WWE on that person that's attacking you. I'll I'll send you all the good vibes. <laughs> oh, so on the dinner, uh, going off on a tangent, on the dinner on Friday, one of the girls was like, "Oh, if I ever got like attacked, like, I'm sorry, they're gonna have to kill me because." I'm going to fight to my death. Like, I'm going to fight to my death. And I was like, I thought about it for a little bit. And I'm like, mm, I think I think that would be a little smarter. <laughs> I was like, I'll play, I'll, I'll play the long run. I'll play the manipulation game, bro. Two of us can play this game. I'm a Libra. Sir, Mr. Kidnapper, I'm a Libra. I could run circles around you, my dude. Like, you want to manipulate me? <laughs> that was my evil, wicked laugh. You want to manipulate me? Really? Two can play that game. Yes, maybe I am your, um, you know, you abducted me or whatever, but we're playing the long game. We're playing the long game. We're playing mind games. I'm going to make you think that I'm in love with you. I'm going to make you think like, uh, what is it called? Is it Munchausen's? No, it's not Munchausen. I think that's the other one. Uh, no. What is it called? Uh, Stockholm. I'm going to make you think that I have Stockholm Syndrome, my dude. But <laughs> I don't know why I went on this tangent. I really do think uh, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It's fucking fine. It's fine. But I think that is it from me. Yes, I think let's let's get started with today's episode. Episode two of American Horror Story Murder House is called Home Invasion. Uh, the episode starts with a flashback and we see a car parking in front of Murder House. And then inside the house, there are three girls walking down the stairs and they're on their way to a concert. We get a. Uh, a flash card that says the year and it's 1968 and then another one of the girls that lives in the house is sitting in front of a tv studying and they ask her maria do you want to go to the concert with us maria lets them know that she can't since she has a test the next day and one of the girls tells her that she's such a square another woman enters and she's in a nurse uniform and she tells the girls to leave maria alone and not to bother her uh, since she has never done anything to them one of the three girls is like, she refuses to pray for me. And the woman with the nurse, um, like wearing the nurse outfit is like, I hope you get the clap. And then the mean girl responds, guess you lessies don't have to worry about that. 
the mean girl's sleeve and the nurse turns on a cigarette as she watches TV. And then there's a knock on the door and the nurse lady tells Maria not to go enter it because it's probably those bitches from before. But Maria still goes and opens the door and it's a man with a little blood on his head. And he's like, I didn't mean to bother you, but I'm hurt and needing of some help. Cut to Maria and the other nurse uh, friend cleaning up his wound inside the house. And Maria warns him that it might sting a little. And then the man looks at the cross um, necklace that Maria is wearing. And he asks, do you think Jesus is going to save you? And Maria responds that she's already been saved and that they all have. And the nurse, um, so the nurse friend is a little shocked by the, like the, what the man just said about like Jesus saving them. And then she gets even more wary of this man when Maria says that she can't find where the blood is coming from. Like she can't find like the, where the wound starts. And the man grabs the ceramic bowl from the, from the table and hits Maria over the head with it as he yells to the other girl not to get smart with him. Um, the nurse, a friend, tries to run away, but the man catches her and he begins to call her Fatty Patty over and over again and, and how she just had to make it worse. Cut to Maria passed out from the hit in the head and she is awoken by droplets of water splashing her in the face. And when she opens her eyes, she sees the man is, sta is standing up in front of her and he throws her a nurse outfit and tells her to put it on. She reluctantly starts to do it over the clothes that she's already wearing, but he tells her to take off her clothes that she's wearing right now. And then Maria pleads with him and tells him that she's a virgin. And then the man takes out a blade and tells her to strip Maria is whimpering and scared, and then the man approaches her slowly, and then it cuts to Maria being hogtied in the couch as the man is telling her that Jesus can't save him. Maria silently be begins to pray, and then the man approaches her and kneels down next to her, and once she says amen, he walks away from her, and then after a few seconds, we see that he comes back and stabs her several times in the back. So it's now present day and Ben is having a session with Tate and, and then the phone rings and he apologizes to, to Tate for the interruption. Tate asks Ben what uh, shrinks think when their page. So Tate asks Ben what shrinks think when patients don't want to talk to them as a way to punish psychiatrists and, uh, and how Ben thinks. Um, and he's like, oh, you probably think I had sex, right? Ben asks him if he thinks that uh, about sex a lot, and Tate tells him that just with one girl in particular, his daughter, and how he jerks off uh, thinking about her a lot. Ben tells Tate that he's not comfortable with him talking about his daughter like that, and Tate is like, you don't want to know how I do her? And then we see the visual of Tate and Violet together as he explains it, how I lay her down on bed and caress her soft, soft skin and make her purr like a little kitten disgusting <laughs> and then uh tate mentions that violet is a virgin and how virgins get wet so easily ben turns the conversation around and asks tate if he has if he has these thoughts to comfort himself in times of stress and tate agrees that he does and how he jerks off a lot to make the visions of the blood and the carnage go away Tate brings up how Violet told him about the affair with the girl in Boston and how his mistress was not much older than her. Ben is like, oh, your time is up. And Tate calls bullshit and how he won't accept that. But Ben is firm on the fact that their time for today is, is has finished. And then Tate gets up and walks out. 
Then we see Ben's phone ringing again and he answers it and angrily says, I thought we had an agreement. Do I have to get this number changed? And then the woman on the other phone tells him, I'm pregnant. Cut to the creepy credits. Violet is at the skate park with Leah, the mean girl, and Leah's wearing a big floppy hat and sunglasses and a bandage on the side of her face. Leah lights up a cigarette and Violet calls her out for smoking since she said she hated it and Leah tells her that she recently took it up. And she says that she can't sleep and she's terrified of everything and she's like, what attacked me in your basement wasn't human. Violet tries to tell her that it was Tate, but Leah knows that Violet saw also saw the non-human thing. But Violet is trying to rationalize what happened to them. Violet asks Leah what she told her parents and she tells her not to worry about that. And that she told them that she was attacked by some chola by, uh, on Melrose for wanting her Chanel back. And that she couldn't tell them that she went to her house looking for coke. She said that she even filed a police report and everything. And also mentions that, she, that the cut in her face is really, really deep. Leah exclaims that she can't stop thinking of the mouth on the thing that attacked her and Violet lets her know that it was a mask. Violet also comments on how the hat that Leah is wearing is not flattering but Leah tells her that it serves a purpose and then she shows Violet that her hair is turning white from being scared and that she read in the internet that that is an actual thing that happens. Leah takes off the, her sunglasses and she asks if she believes she asks uh, Violet if she believes in the devil and she tells Violet that she does and that she has looked it into its eyes. It's nighttime at murder house and Violet is asleep in her room and then we see Tate is standing in front of her bed just looking at her sleep. The alarm goes off and Ben immediately wakes up and goes downstairs and he turns off the alarm and then he notices that the front door is slightly open. And then Vivian walks down uh, the stairs after him carrying a bat, a bat. She wants to know if someone broke in. And Ben tells her to go back upstairs. And uh, she, he's like, call the police. Ben takes the bat from her. And he walks around the first floor. And then he notices that the door to the basement is open. And he goes down there. And he finds Addie rolling a ball down there. And she's giggling. Ben tells her to go home. And he guides her out of his house. And then he lingers in the basement for a bit. And when he does go up, we see that the ball that Addie had rolled, rolls back to where she was previously standing. Ben goes back upstairs and Vivian tells him that the police are on their way. And Ben is like, it was only Addie. And he calls her freaky. And this triggers Vivian and she yells uh, out that he should not call her that. Ben asks if Vivian is okay and how she's shaking. And she closes the door and she sits down on the bed and he tells she, she, she tells him that she hasn't thrown up yet. And how when she was pregnant with Violet, she was sick all the time for two months straight. And how she can feel that there's something wrong with the baby. Ben explains that her anxiety is probably through the roof after her miscarriage. And, that, and she's like, don't shrink me. And Ben gets down in front of Vivian and he tells her that the baby is the reason why they moved there. And how it's their salvation. And he kisses her. Cut to Ben with a different client and it's a woman. And this time she's and, and it's a woman this time and she's telling him about this dream she has where she's in an elevator and then all of a sudden the elevator stops working and she's able to crack a small gap and right as she's trying to get out the elevator starts working again and then she gets chopped in half. Ben wants to know how many times she's had this dream and she tells him that like 10 times and how not a lot not a lot of things freak her out, but that if a man touches her belly, she gets all squirmy because that's where, you know, the elevator would cut her. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. That wasn't funny. 
The patient then asks if it's weird living in murder house. Ben is confused and he wants to know if she's referencing like the murder suicide from the previous owners. And he he's like, oh, were you aware of like my house before you came to see like me? And and then the woman is like, dude, you're in the murder house tour. Ben tries to remain calm and collected. And he's like, I thought you had found me through the actor's guild insurance list. And she tells him that she did. She did, but that she got there and she couldn't believe that her therapy session was in murder house and that she almost didn't ring the bell. But then she thought to herself that today must be her lucky day. Ben wants to know how her um, acting career is going and she's like kind of slow and she wants to know if the murder happened in there like in where he's holding therapy session and he's like I don't know and I'm more interested in your nightmare. Ben wants to know if she has ever suffered from any sexual abuse and she tells him that she hasn't and he tells her that it sounds to him that her dream is an expression of some emotional pain that she's repressing and how part of her feels separate uh, separately shut down. Ben wants to know what might be uh, shut down in, inside her. And she tells him that she's just afraid of being cut in half. She's like, oh, the, the dream doesn't mean anything. I think I'm just afraid of that. Cut, cut, uh, then we see after the session, we see Ben calling Tate's mother. And he's telling her that, she can't, uh, that he can't see her son anymore because Tate crossed the boundary with his daughter. And as he's on the call, the woman, his patient from earlier, walks up from another room. And she's just standing behind him. Ben is telling Tate's mom how he can refer Tate to another psychiatrist. And then the patient says, that's so weird. And Ben like turns around and he's startled and he's like, I thought you had left. And she mentions how she just got turned around and she asks him how many rooms are on his house. Ben tells uh, Tate's, Tate's mom that he has to walk a patient out of his house. And then he guides Bianca, the patient, uh, to the door. And she just tells him how she's all tweaked out. And Ben just lets her know that things will get easier for her and how facing her fears is the best thing that she can do. And she, he tells her that she, she's really brave for doing that. As soon as Bianca begins to walk towards the door, Ben gets back on the phone and tells Tate's mom how he's sorry and that they're teenagers and how he understands her concern, but that he's just not comfortable continuing the treatment in his home. Cut to Constance in her house and she's baking and Addie is flipping through a magazine and she asks her mom why she does not look like the girls in the magazines and Constance just dryly replies, because you don't and how she was born with other gifts. And when Addie asks what other gifts, Constance is like, I don't know, finger painting? <laughs> Constance is actually making, so she's making a batter for cupcakes, and she asks Addie to hand her something, and she and Addie like hands it to her, and Addie wants to know if that's the secret ingredient to make the t- cupcakes taste good, and Constance lets her daughter know that you can't actually taste it, and how it causes upset stomachs and sometimes internal bleeding. And she just drops all of the bottle inside of the batter. Then Constance asks Addie to spit inside the cupcake batter. Then we see Ben running and he's getting flashbacks of his mistress and Vivian finding him cheating. And he passes by a tunnel and he stops there to catch his breath uh, and maybe have a little tiny cry. And then we see that the burned face man is also there. And he approaches Ben and he's like, hello. And Ben wants to know what he wants, and he replies that he really wants to be on stage and how fear of what his family would would say stopped him before, but that now that his family is dead and that he has terminal brain cancer, he thinks he should chase after that dream. Oh, Mr. Dude is a jokester. (laughs) 
And then he asks, uh, what dream Ben is chasing? And then he switches up the question a bit and he says, what dream is chasing you? Ben tells him to leave him alone, but the man, uh, Harvey, I believe his name is, reminds him um, that whatever is tearing him apart, the house already knows about it and how it, it can be used against him. Ben explodes and, and tells him that it isn't the house, that it isn't about him, and what he that it's about what he did and how he cheated on his wife. Uh, ben tells him that Hayden, his mistress, is insisting that he comes out to Boston and the man with the burnt face, Larry Harvey, that's his name. Larry Harvey is like, I'm trying really hard not to judge you right now. <laughs> ben is like, me? Like, dude, like you're judging me? You murdered your entire family. And Larry agrees that he did do that, but that he was never unfaithful. Oh, okay, Mr. Larry Harvey. <laughs> we then see Ben sitting on his bed. On his bed. Uh, we see Ben sitting on his bed. And he's like, I don't know, he's like really going through it. And then after a few seconds, he calls out to Vivian, who's in the restroom. And he's like, guess who called me today? And we also see Laurie Harvey telling Ben that he's going to have to lie to save his family. Ben tells Vivian that one of his old patients tried to commit suicide in the hospital and that she won't talk to anybody and how her parents are begging him to go to Boston to try to talk to her. Vivian approaches him and is like, oh, all the way in Boston? But Ben assures her that only for a day or two. And Vivian says, you know what you are, Ben Harmon? And Ben is like, an idiot? But Vivian just tells Ben, how he's a good man. Sure he is, Vivian. Sure he fucking is. He cheated on you, but yeah, he's a good man. It's the next morning and Constance knocks on the door before coming into Vivian's kitchen and she's carrying a treat. Two cupcakes. Vivian tells her that it's really not a good time, but Constance just tells her that she wanted to bring those cupcakes as a peace offering for Addie dis uh, disturbing their slumber. And she mentions how she's going to start tying her to her bed so she won't get up in the middle of the night. Vivian tells her that she appreciates the gesture, but that she's not much of a cupcake girl. But Constance laughs and tells her that they're not for her. And that at her age, her eating a cupcake is like super gluing a stick of butter to her ass. Uh, Miss Constance, darling, fat phobic much? Constance tells her that the cupcakes are for Violet. And Vivian thanks her as she tries to take the cupcakes from Constance. But Constance stares at Vivian. And, she, and, and then like after a while, Vivian is like, what? And Constance just says, you're with child. Constance tells her that she could smell the little angel the second she walked through the door and the, how it's all those pheromones. Constance asks if Violet is there because she wants to hand the cupcakes to her personally. But Vivian tells her that she isn't. And Constance is like, oh, well, I'll have to come back that I'll have to come back then. As she begins to walk out and then Vivian stops her and she says, I know this is a crazy question. But do you smell anything else about this baby? And Constance walks right back inside and she tells Vivian how she likes her coffee. <laughs> She's like, uh, two sugars with cream or something like that. And then she sits right down at the counter. Constance asks if she's worried about anything in particular. And then she notices that Vivian is taking one of the cupcakes. And when she mentions that they're for Violet, Vivian, Vivian is like, oh, Violet is not going to eat both of them. And how her and Constance can split one.
Vivian asked Constance if she can ask her a personal question, and then she asked if she if she had known about Addie being born with Down syndrome before she was born, if she would have done something about it. And she also mentions that when they first met, Constance had said that if she if there had been tests back then, that she might have. And then Constance says, "It's not like I didn't think about it. Even after she was born, leaving her out in the cold, that's what they do in China." But as a, but a mother never turns her back on a child, and she mentions how every one of her kids were were pure love. Vivian is confused and she asks if she has other kids, and Constance uh, shares that she has four and that she should have stopped after the first one and how her womb is cursed. She tells Vivian that her husband was the spitting image of Van Johnson, and I actually looked up who Van Johnson was, and he wasn't really that handsome. So I'm like, mm, I don't know if you should compare him to Van Johnson. <laughs> and how, uh, and then Constance is like, and how you would think that they would make uh, cute children, but it was not meant to be, and that their beauty was an affront to the gods, so they were cursed. Vivian asked if all four of her children uh, had Down syndrome. And Constance just said that either that or some other form of such malady, except for one, and how he was the perfect image of perfection, and that he was her gift, but that she lost, lost into other things. As Constance is re retelling the story, she wipes away the tears and she tells Vivian, your baby is fine. Enough, sa 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 uh, enough sad talk. Ben comes into the kitchen and he tells Vivian that he's on his way out. And he asks Constance what they're going to do about Addie. And then he sees the cupcake and she and like Constance swats his hand away. And she's like, those are not for you. Moira comes into the kitchen and Constance orders her to take the cupcakes to give it to Violet and to pick up the crumbs from the table. Constance lets uh, Vivian and Ben know that she and Moira go way back and that she even employed her for a bit. And then she ends it with, I hope her dusting has improved. <laughs> Moira is like, your humor has and continues to be a delight. And then Constance tells Ben, is there some anything more wonderful than the promise of a new child? Constance walks out and then we're getting Ben's point of view. And he, when he looks over at Moira, of course, he sees sexy young Moira grabs his like grab his back and she sexily tells him how she's going to take it to the car. And Vivian thanks her. Ben turns to Vivian and asks her, is everyone crazy? And then he tells her, I wish you could come with me before kissing her and embracing her. Sure, dude. Yeah, you're going to go see your mistress and you're telling your wife how you wish he could go with her. Of course. Cut to Vivian uh, taking the cupcake that Constance made to Violet. Um, and Violet sees it, sees it and makes a snarky comment about it. Uh, so it's later that night and it's just like Vivian and uh, Violet alone. Vivian asks Violet if she wants to watch a movie together and how they could have like a girls' night since Ben is out of town. And Violet just tells her no and that she has homework. And Vivian wants to know if she's mad at her or something. And Violet just gives her back the cupcake and tells her that she should have it since she's eating for two now. Vivian is taken aback. And Violet asks her if she thinks if she's stupid and how she noticed she stopped drinking wine with dinner and she, how she has gained weight in her face. Vivian tells her that she was going to tell her that night, but Violet just reminds her mother of what the childbirth statistics are for women over 40. And Vivian tells her that she does know them, and then she asks Violet if she wants to talk about it, but she doesn't want to. Vivian starts to walk out, but Violet says, having a baby is not going to keep you and dad together if that's what you're thinking. 
Vivian is like, wow, Violet, I really appreciate your optimism and how she should just go ahead and say all the mean things. And Violet tells her how uh, she thinks she is mean. Wait, what did I write here? And Vivian tells her how she thinks she's mean. I don't know. I don't know what I wrote there. <laughs> but, uh, so Vivian exits, exits and Violet gets the cupcake and she puts it outside of her uh, door in the floor. And then we see Ben. is. So then it cuts to Ben with Hayden and Vivian is calling him, but he does not answer. Hayden thanks him for flying over there and being with her at least till it's over. And uh, But they're drinking wine and she sits down really close to him. Hayden tells Ben that she's she's over him and what they had and that it looks really bad for her, from her and that she slept with a married man, her teacher, and that she's not it, that is not who she wants to be anymore, but that she just wants his support one last time. She goes on, and I imagine laying down on that table tomorrow morning, it's just so sad, our baby, but it wasn't meant to be. Ben, like, cheers to Hayden for handling for handling the situation uh, with maturity, but he reminds her that he will sleep on the couch and not with her. Hayden just reiterates that she just needs his support till it's over and that he can go back to St. Vivian and that she will go back to her textbooks. The doorbell rings and Hayden screams that it's pizza. And as she gets up to uh, go grab it, Ben grabs his phone and checks it and Hayden notices it. And she asks him, didn't you just say no phone calls? And she she's like, give me your phone. Ben is like, no, what the fuck? And Hayden begins to cry. And Ben just approaches her and hugs her and tells her that to take it easy and to calm down. And she says that all she ever wanted was for him to love her. Cut to Vivian in bed watching TV. And there's a woman at, oh, and then like the doorbell rings and there's a woman at the door and she has a little blood on her head. Oh, no. <laughs> Vivian is looking out through the people and the woman says that she's hurt and that she needs some help. Vivian wants to know what happened to her and the woman just reiterates that she's hurt and needs some help and to open the door. And Vivian says that she already said that but to tell her what happened and then the woman just starts banging on the door and Vivian locks the door and she tells her that she will call 911 and get her some help. But when she goes to the kitchen, the phone is not there. The banging at the door stops and Vivian goes to the to the door again and looks and there's no one there. Vivian goes to the foot of the stairs and yells out to Violet and Violet annoyingly comes down and Vivian tells her to go back to her room and lock the door and to call 911 from her phone and not to come out of there. We see Violet go back to her room and she's like rummaging through her like bed trying to find her phone but then someone in a black mask opens the door to Violet's room and walks in. Vivian goes back to the front door and the doorbell starts ringing and she looks through the peephole and now the woman who pretended to be hurt is also wearing a black mask and there's another person also wearing a mask behind Vivian and then they grab Vivian and she screams and the screen goes stark. We then see Vivian telling the intruders that she has money and they all take off their mask and they're going on about, so they're talking about amongst themselves and they're going on about the transcript and about what happened on the night, uh, on that one night back in the 60s when the nurse's home got attacked. One of the home evaders is Bianca, Ben's patient with the elevator nightmare. And Bianca says, 12 minutes and the fun begins. And then she tells her friends that she has a surprise for them and then she takes out a surprise 
the same ceramic bowl that the intruder from the 60s used to bash um, Maria's head with. So they're basically recreating the night as a fucked up fantasy. They ask who Gladys, Maria's nurse friend, um, is, and one of the intruders points to Violet, and so that makes Vivian Maria. They toss Violet a nurse costume, and she calls them psychos and how she will not be putting that on, and they freak out, and the guy's about to hit Violet, but Vivian tells them to put the costume on her instead. But they're like, oh, don't worry, you'll both be wearing costumes. And they mention how the original serial killer hated nurses and he he had a, bi- a bad experience with one and that is why he took Gladys upstairs and drowned her in the tub and how he waited to kill Maria for last. Bianca says that our Franklin was the first to change the culture before Manson and how the three of them are, praying, are paying tribute to him. Vivian tells them that they will not be part of the reenactment and then Violet manages to get away and then... Tate appears out of nowhere and grabs her and tells her that she needs to get the three of uh, all three of the intruders down to the basement. The man of the group is taking care of Vivian and v- Vivian looks freaked out. But then she notices out of the corner of her eye that Addie is looking at them. And then Vivian says, I don't think that you're going to kill me tonight because someone is going to stop this. And that they and then she's like, oh, you you all three of you are going to fry. And the man mocks her and he turns around and then there's no one there. So Vivian basically said this so that Addie could go uh, over to her house and tell Constance and Constance could do fucking something about it. <laughs> oh, so and then cut to Violet putting on the vintage nurse's outfit as the intruder woman fills up the tub. And then we see that Bianca is eating the cupcake that Constance had made for Violet. And she rationalizes it by saying how the cupcake was just sitting there and and that it was saying, eat me, eat me. And then the other woman tells Violet to hurry up with putting on the costume. And Violet wants Violet wants to know what is happening downstairs. Then Bianca all of a sudden starts getting a stomach ache and she tells the other woman um, that she's going to shit herself. <laughs> and the woman says, not in the staging area. And Bianca tells her not to start without her. And she runs out and then Violet tries to run away, but she doesn't even get to sidestep the other woman. And the woman like uh, checks her clock and sees that it's almost the time of the drowning, according to the transcript. Violet laughs and tells her that it's not even the right bathroom and how it was actually in the basement. And the woman argues that she has studied the crime scene photos and that they're they're in the right bathroom. But Violet tells her that the original tub where Gladys was drowned is actually in the basement and that if she doesn't believe her, she should go look for herself. Cut to Constance at her house in her room and she's with a young male escort and she's running her hands all through his abs and he's asking her if if she thinks that he could model. And she basically tells her that he can and he tells her that he thinks she's beautiful too. And Constance asks asks him to dance with her, even though there's no music. And then we hear some knocking at the door and Constance opens the door and it's Addie. And she tells her, she's like, oh, I told you I was in a business meeting. (laughs) Sure, ma'am. Sure. A business meeting. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Addie tells her how there's a bad man next door. And Constance says, I know, I don't like him either, but he owns the place, like talking about Ben. And that's, uh, and, and then Addie, uh, she tells Addie to get out of there before she goes, uh, before she goes back to the male escort. So she's like, get out of here. She closes the door. And then, uh, and then she scolds Addie for being a bad girl. 
and she's like, oh, so, okay, sorry, sorry. So she closes the door. Addie knocks again, and she's like, oh, you're being a bad girl. I'm going to take you to your bad girl closet. And she literally drags Addie into a tiny, small closet that is covered in mirrors. And, and then Addie starts to scream in terror at her own reflection, and Constance makes her way back to her room. Like, what? Like, that is fucking horrible. That is literal torture. Cut to Bianca throwing up, and she says to herself that whatever is happening happening to her isn't right, and how she needs to go to the hospital. And then Tate attacks her with an axe to the stomach. Then we see Vivian with the male intruder, and he tells her that it's dress-up time, and she asks him to turn around, and he says that he won't. And Vivian says that she will turn she will turn around then. And then as she starts to put on the nurse's outfit, she manages to escape his grasp and she hits the man over the head with the bull. And she she like they struggle for a little bit, but she manages to get away. Then we see Violet walk the other women, so not Bianca, the other intruder woman, down to the basement. And as soon as she gets there, the woman loses track of her and she sees Tate next to the bathtub. And the actual ghost of Gladys is in the water. And then we see Vivian and Violet reunite and they run out of the house yelling for help. And Constance hears them asking for help from her house. So now the man that was hit over the head is making his way down to the basement and the lights are off. And then he's he's going on about how he's going to kill Vivian and how this is bullshit. And then he sees the ghost of Gladys and Maria staring at him. Cut to Ben being with Hayden as she's about to go in for her abortion. And she tells Ben that she will see him when she's out. And Ben and then Ben gets his phone out and he sees that he, there are 13 missed calls and he runs out of the doctor's office. We then see Constance making her way into the basement and Tate and Moira are already there. And they're just seeing the corpses of the three dead intruders. And Constance asks Tate if this was his handiwork. But Tate tells uh, Constance that this was not him. Tate tells them that they'll need to get rid of the bodies if they want Ben to keep treating him. And Moira says, I'll get the shovels. You get the bleach. It's the next morning and the police are asking Ben where he was uh, during the home invasion. And he explains that he was in Boston seeing a patient. They ask if he was seeing a real patient and not Bianca. And they had... Um, they hand uh, Ben Bianca's police file, and Ben finally realizes that she must have been cast, uh, casing the house and how he had never seen her before her appointment, and the officers tell him that he won't be seeing her again. That they, uh, that they actually found her six blocks from the house, practically cut in half, and how they think that her friends, the other intruders, did that to her. Uh, so she wasn't down, and she, when she wasn't down to commit the crime, and how they were obsessed with famous L.A. murders and that they had a little club going on, but that they'll continue to look for, like, the other two people. The officers leave and Violet walks in and Ben is like, your mom told me that Tate helped you escape. And Ben wants to know what Tate was doing in their house. And Violet says, I don't know how he got in, but I'm glad he was because you weren't here. Ouch. And then Violet tells Vivian, you were really brave, mom, before she walks out. And then Ben says, I'm so sorry I wasn't here, but I'm home now. And Vivian tells him that he is not home and that they're selling that house. End of episode.
All right, fucked up fam. Let's get started with our segment. As I mentioned last episode, we're putting the that shit's traumatizing and that shit's heartwarming segment um, to the side. And I've introduced this new segment called That Character Fucked Up, where we discuss the fatal mistakes that a character in this episode made. Uh, starting with, okay, you know how in that little flashback scene in the beginning with Maria, the nurse, and the, then the other nurse, and then the other nurse bitches. If a man... Look, <laughs> and I've done this where I shouldn't have let someone in and I let them in, but, and I'll tell you what happened. If you're women, and it, you don't even have to be women, if you're just people and someone comes to your door and is like, I'm hurt, help me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm not victim blaming here, <laughs> but like, because I've been in that situation this one time and it wasn't anything bad, like nothing bad happened, but still like I shouldn't have let these people into my house. I had door to door vacuum salesmen. Yes, you heard that correctly. And I might have already shared the story in the pod door to door vacuum salesmen. And you know how they got me? They're like, they were carrying like that cleaner, the awesome cleaner. And in, in my household, we call it awesome. Uh, we just like sound out the word awesome in Spanish. Um, or a roll of paper sheets, like the kitchen paper, um, you know, to, to just like clean counters or whatever. And then they're like, oh, we'll exchange you one of these, whichever you want, if you let us give you like a quick demo on our product. And I was like, I was so confused. It was right after a long day at work. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that with some. And then they're like, okay, we'll be right back. They come back. These motherfuckers, these motherfuckers come back with a huge box and then they're like oh we're gonna show you how our vacuum that we're trying to sell is and i was like are you fucking kidding me mind you it was right after work i was fucking starving i had just sat down to eat my food and these motherfuckers gave me a demo for the next two hours like i'm not even exaggerating two hours and then they were all upset when i did not buy a fucking a vacuum from the I told them from the beginning, sirs, I have a vacuum. I do not want to give the $49.99 payments for the rest six years. I don't. But they were just like, yeah, so my my mistake, my first mistake, my that character fucked up moment for myself is letting those motherfuckers in. No, but especially if someone comes to your door going back to the episode and they are hurt, uh they they possibly are hurt but let's let's call someone let's call someone for help first before you let a stranger into your house and then they viciously murder you just just my thoughts just a quick little idea um let's see what else i have in my list oh uh that one character bianca bianca uh that you know ben's care uh client that just like showed up and then once she was supposed to leave she was just walking around your house red flag dude like something something should have like triggered like a response in you then you were like oh she's just she's like i got lost no and then how we found out later she was casing the place to make sure where people could get in through so yeah uh, I think the first mistake was seeing your clients, your mentally ill clients in your house where your daughter, your unborn child, and your wife lives, and your wife's dog. <laughs> first mistake, first fuck up was that. Uh, second, going to see your mistress. 
Um, I have thoughts. I have thoughts because, yo, if your mistress, if your ex-mistress tells you that she's pregnant, just send her a little Venmo. Just be like, oh, take care of things. <laughs> just send her a little $500 Venmo. Just be like, go do what you got to do. If that's that's her, um, that's her choice, right? At the end of the day, it's her choice if she wants to do uh, and have an abortion or not. And if she doesn't, man up, motherfucker man up you wanted to go stick your dick in someone else while you are already married to another person that seems like a you problem motherfucker you problem not anyone else's you do not have to go see this person you do not have to do anything else you either send the money for the venmo or you're like okay let me know when you need me to pull up or if i need to send you child support if she decides to have the baby that's just it so mr ben and then you lied to your wife who you had already promised that you were not gonna lie to so you're in a lose-lose situation motherfucker and i know i keep calling ben a motherfucker but he deserves that title <laughs> and then and then oh my god ben is literally the stupidest character ever you go visit your mistress whatever you're there already you made that stupid choice you agree not to answer your pregnant wife's phone calls so you won't accept uh you won't upset your ex-mistress sir sir and then she had her little outburst when he was looking at her at his phone and i'm like bro that's a child like obviously if you know you're the other woman this man is gonna answer his wife's phone calls what like I can't, I can't with Ben, I can't with Hayden, she's literally a child, but yeah, those were um, some fuck-ups for this episode, and I think that we should, we should give the Savage of the Week award, oh no, I think, wait, I have one more fuck-up, uh, trying to recreate a murder, what, bro, what, <laughs> like, I know there's some mentally unstable people in the world, but that three mentally unstable people found each other and they were like fascinated by the murder culture in LA and then they're like you know what we're gonna do today you know what we're gonna do today let's kill some random strangers let's just do it for funsies for funsies no go go I don't know where you go to help you with these issues but go somewhere and not don't go murder innocent fucking people but I mean they got what they deserve so I mean karma's a bitch what can I tell what can I say Karma is sometimes a bitch to the right people. Um, so, yeah. Oh, last fuck up. Don't eat cupcakes that aren't for you. And that Bianca character found out soon enough because she was fucking dying, having fucking internal bleeding because she ate a, a cupcake that was not for her. Though it, it, it ended up working out because then Violet didn't eat it. But yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the cupcakes, the Savage of the Week award goes to, drumroll please, Constance, yes. Uh, you know, Constance is a horrible person. Uh, she, but at the end of the day, I think she 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 uh rides hard for the people that she loves, even though she does show her love in a very weird, peculiar way. Like she did those cupcakes. She was gonna give them to someone she doesn't like or that hurt her or one of her ch children. Um. And then she's just like, oh, no, this is not this is not for the cupcakes to taste better. This is to hurt someone. Oh, and by the way, Addie, why don't you spit inside the cupcake batter? Yeah, 
talk about giving no fucks. Talk about literally giving no fucks. And with that same breath where she took those cupcakes, those laced cupcakes over, she was also like crying and like talking to Vivian. So you could tell that this woman does not give any motherfucking fucks. That was a lot of fucks. All right. Well, we have gotten to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You already know the drill. Follow the podcast on social media on Instagram where that show F me up. F is spelled E-F-F-E-D. On Twitter where that D-A-T show fuck me up. Fuck is spelled without a U. So it's F-C-K-E-D. Give the podcast a five-star review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you give the podcast a five-star review, it will help uh, the podcast get more visibility. And that way, more people can join the shared psychosis that we have every week. It's great. Like, I love being in the shared psychosis with y'all. And I hope y'all enjoy being on a shared psychosis with me. Yes, I'm putting on my flirty voice. I'm flirting with y'all. You didn't know? This is the whole episode I've been flirting with y'all. And y'all haven't noticed. Like, that's so rude and so nasty of you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um... But yeah, thank you again so much. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.